for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey, welcome to Talking Real Money. Tom Cock here today. Don McDonald with the day off. And uh the show's all about you. So you want to be part of it? You can do that very, very easily. I'm going to give you the telephone number right now. And by the way, you call today because Don's gone. I can do whatever I like. And we're moving the office in a few days, so they're going to be glad to see me downsize. We're going to give you a Talking Real Money t-shirt. It's beautiful. It's white. It's full of spring colors. And even though it's only like 40 degrees outside here in Seattle right now, Spring, I'm told, is coming. So here's the telephone number, 855-935-8255, 855-935-8255. And before we get to a few of those calls, and thank you for hanging on, just a couple more minutes, I want to talk just a little bit about concentration risk. That is, many of you have individual stocks in your portfolio. Many of you just have your money in the Standard & Poor's 500 because you know that index. It's there. It's been there for a long time, and you think you should trust it because it's 500 of the largest and perhaps most secure stocks in the world, frankly, for that matter. But here's the reason that I think you should invest in a wider, diversified portfolio. The Standard & Poor's 500, while it's not a very good reflection of American business as a whole, because American business has thousands of publicly traded companies, many, many more than 500, and the ones in the Standard & Poor's 500 have already grown to be big, right? And they're already kind of mature. And when you're investing, that sounds like the better way to go. But if you get intuitive about all this, what you really want to do is invest in the ones that are the the guys that are still growing. They're trying to figure things out. Will there be some mistakes? Sure. Will some go out of business? Absolutely. Will some muddle along? Mm Mm-hmm. And will some be the next great firm? Yeah, they will be. And they'll displace these ones in the Standard & Poor's 500. May take a long time. But I think you should also consider it in terms of risk. Because if you're just in the Standard & Poor's 500, and it's somewhere around 80 to 85% of the investable assets in the country that are in that index, invested that way, you end up with an awful lot of uh, just a few firms. You go back to the spring of 2020, and you can remember that. That's when the pandemic was really getting roaring. There were five stocks that made up about 25% of the index, and you already know them, the FANG stocks, right? Amazon, Apple, at all. But today, I thought it was all over for that. I thought we'd kind of moved away with that because uh, techs had such a tough year in, uh, in 2022, right, last year. But it turns out that uh, a couple of those stocks, and I didn't even know this until my son brought it to my attention this week. And, yeah, my son works for Appella as well as an advisor. He's a smart guy. And he, he, he found this article talking about how Apple and Microsoft have gone up dramatically this year. I didn't know this because I don't really follow individual stocks. I used to when I had the TV show. But uh, Apple and Microsoft are, are up 21 and 14% this year. That has meant, by the way, that now those two stocks make up 13%. 13%, a little more than 13% of the Standard & Poor's 500. So if all of your money's in the Standard & Poor's 500, which many of you, that's most of it, 
you have a huge dominance by two behemoth companies that have had a great run for a long period of time. And I would not expect those to be the fast growers. In addition, just by having that much concentration, you could be in real trouble when those two companies go down dramatically like they all did last year. But so there's 13 and a half. What if you're in a globally diversified portfolio that we recommend? I thought I'd look into that just to see how much our clients, our recommendations own. Well, in our portfolio, which is far more diversified, you only have about 3.2% of your money in those two companies. And this is another reason that while we say use indexes and, and be diversified, you really need to be diversified. If you don't know you are, well, we mentioned this before. Go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on Meet an Advisor, and we'll help you. 855-935-8255. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Do you suffer from hodgepodgeitis? I'm Don McDonald, and hodgepodgeitis is a disease of your investment portfolio whose symptoms include lots of stocks, loads of random loaded mutual funds, and maybe an annuity or two. Most who suffer from hodgepodgeitis dread opening their quarterly portfolio statements. They feel lost and confused. Investing seems overwhelming and the financial future uncertain. If you believe you suffer from hodgepodgeitis, see a 100% fiduciary investment advisor immediately. A proper diagnosis is the first step to creating a portfolio with a purpose based on a personal plan. Start on the road to recovery now by scheduling a free meeting with an Appella advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. There is no cost, obligation, or high-pressure sales pitch. Take the first step at TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. Hodgepodgeitis is not a real disease, but treating it has been shown to improve mood, reduce fear, and even lead to a brighter financial future. Results may vary. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey, thanks for being part of the program. Uh, I'm truly grateful uh, for all of you that I get to talk to, not just here and on the podcast, but on a one-to-one basis. It's enriching. Um, I have truly enjoyed getting to know so many of you over the years and helping families and being part of your lives. It's, uh, wow, it truly is rewarding. If we get to it, I have a question from a guy about the, what did he say, the uh, positives and negatives of being a financial advisor. I can tell you one of the positives, you just get to help people and you get to know them, and that is just really fun. So our telephone number today, 855-935-8255, 855-935-8255. And before we go to the phones, I will mention, at the at the end I said you should be, you should be diversified more than the S&P and P 500 and you should know we do a free report for people if you if you go to talkingrealmoney.com and click on meet an advisor we do a, an asset allocation report for you to show you how diversified you are how much you're paying others and how much risk you're taking and that's absolutely free so you should take advantage of that let's go to the phones and uh pat is first up hi pat thanks for hanging on and welcome to talking real money hi tom nice to talk to you um, I've just got a question on reading an ETF, a bid and ask quotation. I'm looking at a summary profile of, uh, of AVUV, and under the bid it says, uh, it gives a, a price, a 6820, and then it has an X and then the number 1,200 behind it. How do you read that, and what does that mean? 
Wow, that's a great question. Um, I mean, and just just to step back, because exchange traded funds deal uh, trade rather during the day, during the trading day, getting the right price can be a little trickier than a mutual fund, which only trades once a day. So it, it is harder. Uh, the difference, as you may know, is between the bid and the ask is what uh, someone who's selling the fund will uh, will sell it for and uh, what the current bid is for that fund. And so sometimes it, making the right market in these things is trickier, as I say, than a mutual fund. I'm not sure what that other part refers to. Maybe the number of shares you can buy, I really don't know. Um, but I will say this. Because this does seem to come up more with exchange-traded funds. I wouldn't worry too much about the few pennies here and there. We have seen in in times of a lot of volatility some wider spreads between the bid and the ask. Then I get worried. And then sometimes I think maybe we should wait on a trade because we don't want to be hurting ourselves. But remember, if you're a long-term investor and AVUV is U.S. small cap value stocks, this difference is not going to matter it, a lot. It might in the short term, but over the long haul, it wouldn't. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. But I'm not, I, I don't have my, I don't have my computer. I'm not like Don. I don't have that right in front of me. But in a general sense, I wouldn't get too caught up in that unless the bid, uh, the, the, the difference between the bid and the ask is huge, Pat. But thank you very much for that call. Let's go back to the phones and uh, Larry joins us here at 855-935-8255. Hi, Larry. Hi, Don. How are you? I am well. I am well. Thanks for being part of the program. Yeah, thank you. Hey, I've got a question regarding, uh, and I was hoping you might talk about uh, 12B1 charges. Uh, I've got a portfolio with Vanguard, but I have a, a, a couple of funds that are outside of Vanguard, and one of them happens to be a dimensional fund. It's DGEIX. Yeah, I know the fund. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think it at one time charged a 12B1. No, 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 no. Dimensional, I'm going to stop you right there. I know them because I've been involved with dimensional funds going almost yeah, back okay. to their beginning. So unless you bought it from somebody who tacked that on, they have never collected a 12B1 fee. Just so some people know, 12B1 is a marketing charge that people who sell the fund tack onto them, and then they collect it. The, the mutual fund actually collects the money and hands it off to the, the broker or the advisor who sold them. It's generally between, I think it's like 25 basis points, can go all the way up to 75.05. Um but it is it is a commission. It is a sales charge that they charge on a regular basis to and and I see no reason in today's world to pay that when you can get exchange traded funds for you know zero point one three percent operating expense. The other ones that you're in are right. these ones you can get out of. Uh, you, you mean within Vanguard, my brokerage account? Well, again, Vanguard doesn't have any 12B1 fees either. Oh, no. And I think the only fund that I'm in, I thought, might have been the dimensional fund. But I originally obtained that fund uh, through a broker, uh, or excuse me, a financial advisor. But I decided to 
uh, break away from him and go on my own. But that's one fund I've kept because it was doing quite well and has done well over the years that I've had it. And which so which is the ticker? Is it D- possible? DG, what is it again? DG, what's the ticker on that one? DG. D-G-E-I-X. Yeah, I'm just looking it up because I always forget the tickers on those, and that is their global equity fund, 100% stock. Um, so th- that never had a 12B1. I don't know, and I cannot imagine Dimensional allowed anybody to tack that on because they have been a no-load, absolutely no-load shop since they started in 1981. Okay, great. Oh, great. I'm glad to hear yeah. that, then. Yeah. And that's a low yeah. expense, Great. you know, globally diversified stock portfolio, and it's a good one. It, right. you know, and and again, Dimensional is a a very good fund family that has never had anything near a commission. In fact, they we're lucky at all to be using them because uh, they they were set up as an institutional uh, house until a guy named Dan Wheeler came along, and uh, we just heard more about the story when we were down in Texas this week. And of course, somebody Dan I had met back in the late nineties. But um, I would, if if I had anything with a twelve B one, I'd be a seller. I mean, I see no reason to hold a fund that is that is continuing to pay that broker slash advisor uh, a commission over right. this period of time. There's just no reason. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that, and Don, thank you. And then this is Tom, by the way, just for full disclosure, because Don's got I'm the sorry, day off. Tom. That's all right. We, I've had worse. I think we were Tom and Ron for a while, or Ron and Don, or, you know, whatever, Joe and Schmo. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> I'm not that picky. I, I get worse from my other job. Trust me. Okay. Well, thank you again. Thank you, Larry. That's a, nice of you to call. Yeah, Dimensional Funds. They've never, and, and I appreciate the call very much to 855-935-TALK. They have never had any commissions. Um, they have only operated through independent registered investment advisors. And even frankly, there they were very discriminating. They would only work through advisors that believed what Dimensional believed and uh, about efficient markets, about low cost, about global diversification, and the very fine work of uh, Drs. Fama and French. So they wouldn't even let, uh, for a long time, any brokerage. I think they've loosened all that up a little bit. And now, of course, you can buy their products as exchange-traded funds at any major uh, any major custodian. So anyway, more coming, 855-935-8255. We'll continue here talking real money. And real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey, welcome back to Talking Real Money, 855-935-8255. Call now. We can still uh, chat before the top of the hour. And if you do, you get a free Talking Real Money t-shirt. <laughs> kind of a cool thing to have. There are not that many of them out there. If you're like me, I love reading my news feed. I love some of the stuff that pops up. Um, here's one. What's the secret to a happy marriage? One simple word. Yeah, that brings me in. I got to see that. So the one simple word for happy marriage kindness yeah that probably probably makes sense and by the way one simple word for investing really diversification truly and knowing what that means it's not just the standard and poor's 500 it's not just the u.s market it's not just big companies it's truly global diversification 
around into all these nooks and crannies that you don't think about. And the only way I really know how to do that is either through mutual funds or exchange traded funds. Doing that on your own would be a colossal amount of work to own 13,000 companies. So 855-935-8255 is our telephone number. And Chris now joins us on the program. Hey, Chris, how are you? Pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, just having a a great day trying to decide if I'm going to my lawn looks horrible. If I'm going to go out and deal with it today, it's just only like 40 degrees. I, I don't know. I'll look kooky if I'm out there mowing my lawn in 40 degrees, won't I? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so I, I have a couple of questions yeah. regarding uh, doing um, uh, a Roth conversion. Yes, sir. If I, and I plan on doing um, over the next few years, um, it, you know, moving from a, a traditional 401k into the Roth. Um, how how is the accounting on that done? Is is that something I have to keep track of myself? So if I move fifty thousand in there, oh, sounds like we lost you. Um, any rate, the the short answer is yes. If you move, and I don't know what happened there, Chris, and it wasn't me. I'm proud to say, but uh, if you move fifty thousand dollars from a pre tax IRA to the Roth. Um, you will you will get a I believe it's a 1099 or you get some sort of tax form that will say that's income because that's what it is. You're simply taking that as income and you're going to pay tax on it, which it, it this is another reason that this should be done very carefully. It should be done very carefully because you need to really have the cash to pay the taxes. It should be very carefully if you're in retirement because you don't want to mess around with your Medicare benefits. You don't want to face Irma. Uh, the wrath of Irma. It should be done very carefully because this really, it really generally is done year to year when it's with our clients. We sit down and look at it and say, we don't want to move you up to another bracket, which is the other part of all this. You've got to be very, very careful about. So yeah, that is simply income. You're going to get a tax form that's going to say that's income and you're going to have to pay the tax on that. And again, I don't like seeing people taking money out of an IRA or I think you mentioned 401k and then uh, paying the tax out of that. That to me never makes sense. You should really have the cash set aside. You should really do this for a good reason. Um, and I, I think one of the worst reasons is I want to leave my kids tax free money. Really? I mean, if you leave your kids anything and they got to pay tax on it, okay, that it's still free money that they, you know, that they're going to get. So to move it during your lifetime and pay the tax and just pay that tax so that they don't have to, I think, is kind of silly. The good news about all of this, too, by the way, is as part of Secure Act 2.0, the government is now allowing you to wait until age 73 to start having to take money out of the IRAs or 401ks, the pre-tax money. So if you're able to wait until after you stop working your income goes down, then you can take money out of those pre-tax accounts, move it to the Roth, and pay the income tax on it that way. And, and here's an advantage that, that is existing. So if you're able to do that for a period of years, you build up a bucket, if you will, of post-tax money. You have the pre-tax money there as well, and you can draw from either one of those in retirement. It makes for a pretty good deal. 855-935-TALK will continue right here on Talking Real Money. Yeah. 
money. Hey, thanks for being part of the program. Talking Real Money, 855-935-8255. Program reminder, yes, we will be back as the dynamic duo next Saturday, April 1st. No fooling. No bad jokes either. That's what Don told me. Uh, so which brings me to mind, I, I do have just one. Is it okay? Uh, I think I read this in the Bad Dad joke book. Um, let's see. I think I have this. Uh, where do Eskimos keep their money? In snowbanks. All right. So you, you may have gone back on your word about telling bad jokes, but you absolutely promised me that that particular joke was going to be retired. So I want that joke removed from the joke book. I want the page ripped out and burned. And it never, never spoken of again. All right. Are you going to listen this time? See, I have power in post. <laughs> the power of post. The fact that I left the joke in, that was actually relatively kind of me. Moving on. Uh, let's go back to 855-935-8255. So rare when I laugh at my own jokes. Kim joins us. Save me, Kim. Welcome to Talking Real Money. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, that, no, that was a good joke. Thank you. Um, I have a question. I thank you for retire me. That was pretty cool. I did it virtually, and it was really fun to see you guys having fun and also learn a lot. And I have since um, met with Roxana and Derek at Bellevue, and um, I just met for the second time with Roxana, and she thinks I can retire now. At 15. all right, I'm super happy, good. <laughs> I'm me too, by the way. I hope I hope it's right. I hope it's it's true. I'm sure it is. I'm teasing, but that's great. <laughs> yeah, um, a couple questions I thought of too. I am with an insurance company now, and I heard you briefly talk about that you didn't like you know financial planning from insurance companies. Can you tell me the main differences and how I will be better off with you guys than being with an insurance company? Yeah, it wouldn't have to necessarily be us, but in a general sense, insurance companies generally are going to charge more. I mean, I've, I've never looked at your portfolio, but I, I can bet I can bet you the products they use are more expensive. Um, number two, I can bet you the products they use generally are not independent. In other words, our portfolios include, you know, funds from the aforementioned Vanguard, Dimensional, Avantis, iShares. These are low-cost providers. They're independent. I mean, the thing about insurance that I also don't like is oftentimes they put you in products that you don't need. Uh, you can see annuities there. You can see other things. And here's the just the big picture sense. If, if I'm buying insurance, yeah, I call my insurance guy. Um, if I'm getting work done on my car, I call my car guy. When it comes to investing, financial planning, that kind of thing, that's just not where I look because I don't think you get the best independent, low-cost advice that you do uh, with somebody like us at an insurance company. It, Don would be harder on them because he thinks they're 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 really kind of unfair people. I don't think that's true. I think they're they're they're, they're nice people. They're they're good individuals, but I think they're put in a system that is disadvantaged to the customer. And in our position the customer's absolute the client pardon me is absolutely first so that's kind of the reason it doesn't mean us by the way there's a lot of other people that do this the same way we do okay that makes sense i've actually had to call them and ask them for a yearly review every year 
Yeah, I mean, it's a different experience. I think it's more transactional generally because that's where the insurance companies come from, right? I mean, I don't hear from my guy. I still have life insurance and the stuff just renews here, send a check, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's a different, more transactional sort of business than what you get with a registered investment advisor. I'll put it that way. Okay, perfect. And one other quick question. If I move my TSP to a company such as yours, the taxes don't have to come out to move it, do they? No, there's no taxation. That's simply a rollover. You're not taking a distribution. And those are two things people okay. should be aware of. If you took it, took if you went to the federal government and said, send me a check for my TSP, TSP thrift savings plan, that would be a distribution and you would pay tax. If you hire an advisor and you move the money directly from the TSP into an individual retirement account, there is no taxation. Okay, got it. Got it. Um, do you happen to know if if TSP's fees are competitive versus independent ones? Well, here's the difference. TSP is a very good low provide low expense provider. The 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 funds they have are pretty good, not as diversified as what we'd like to see. They actually have a bond fund where they, they put you in bonds that I can't get my hands on because they're issued simply for that fund. So the fees are very, very low. Uh, if, if you look at the products that we use, the exchange-traded funds that we use, it averages about 0. 0.015. It's very inexpensive, similar, maybe even a little lower than TSP. But here's the catch. If you hire somebody like this, we're going to charge you a management fee on top of that. So in a general sense, it's going to be more expensive to work with us, but you get a lot of work. You get all the financial planning, portfolio, all that stuff. The TSP doesn't provide that. Kim, thanks for joining us at Retirement as well. We'll continue talking real money in just a moment. In medicine, a second opinion might save your life. With investing, a second opinion might save your future. The trick is getting one without a high-pressure sales pitch. Well, I'm Don McDonald, and if you've been listening to Talking Real Money, you know that our goal is to help everyone create a brighter future by investing and managing money better. That's why, in addition to helping everyone on our show and podcast, we are also committed to making our 100% fiduciary advisors at Appella available to help everyone make the best financial decisions based on science. So if you're being pitched a financial product or a system, make sure you get a second opinion with no cost, no obligation, and no annoying sales pitch by going to TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. That's 800-386-3004 or TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Thank you for being part of the program. We're here every Saturday. We have a podcast you can listen to anytime called Talking Real Money. There's a shock. Um, and so there's always three new uh, enterprising, if you will, podcasts every week in addition to the taking the two hours we do on Northwest News Radio. So please tune in and listen to those. I want to thank Kim, uh, not only for calling, but for mentioning Retire Me. We have a tendency to, and we did that in, uh, 
uh, a few weeks ago and we kind of forget all about it. But it's up available now at retiremeetmeet.com. All of the speakers, I didn't even, I just looked during the break. They're all, uh, they're, each part is broken up. So if you don't want to see me, rather just see Don, you can watch that. If you just want to learn about Medicare, you can just do that. It's all it's all pulled apart. You can watch as one piece, but you can uh, watch them individually. Retire meet, and there's some great information. So thank you for bringing that up, Kim. I really appreciate it. Let's go back to the telephones, and uh, Sarah is joining us now. Welcome to uh, Talking Real Money. Hi, how are you doing? Doing very well. How about yourself? Good. Um, so I am going to get a small inheritance of cash. Um, probably $80,000. What should I do with it? Well, this is, by the way, the number one call we've gotten on the show for the last 25 years. I just came into this money. What do I do with it? But so let me ask you a couple of questions. no experience with this. (laughs) Yeah, no. So, but let me ask you a couple of questions. First of all, how old are you, Sarah? 45. And do you have any debt other than a mortgage? Uh, nope. Well, that's great. And how are you doing on saving for retirement? Um, pretty good. We have Roths and 401ks and okay. education plans for our kiddos. And oh, I love it. Good. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Um, okay. So uh, we talked about your debt. We talked about your savings. Do you have an emergency little kitty there in case something goes wrong with employment? Um, we have about 10000 for that. Okay. And how much, what's your rough annual household income? Uh, maybe a hundred. So, I mean, I might up the 10 to 20. So there's 10 of it right there. Um, I would, uh, after that, again, if, if you don't have any immediate needs, you don't need a new roof, you don't need a new car, et cetera, et cetera. I'd be trying to plan on this for the longer term, right? Um, uh, like mm-hmm. like your retirement in 15 or 20 years. So I would take most of it. Again, 10, maybe add 10 to the emergency fund. Now you're at 70000 You know, maybe do something for yourselves that you don't get to do because you came into this money. But the rest of it, I would invest for the long haul. That would be easy. Um, if you're in a relationship, you'd have a, a joint account at a major custodian, like you mm-hmm. go to Charles Schwab, you open the account um, at, at seventy or $60,000. You really only need a few exchange-traded funds. You don't have to make this too fancy. You got a couple stock funds, a couple bond funds. There's some free portfolios that we offer at our website. Our friend Paul Merriman has them. You build that portfolio and you get on with your life. I would keep making sure, though, that I was maxing out uh, your retirement plans at work and your Roth IRAs before I opened another brokerage account. So just for an example, if it turned out that you weren't maxing out what you could put in your employer retirement plan, maybe you up that and use some of the cash to pay the expenses, right? So because of that it ends mm-hmm. up still being invested, even though it's kind of this, it's a bookkeeping maneuver, you're spending the money that you got instead of the money coming you know, out of your check. So I'd be maxing those mm-hmm. things out, and then you said you have no debt. I'd have a little more in emergencies, and I'd uh, invest the rest for the long haul. 
and then take a trip to Tahiti in the middle. There you go. Yeah, hey, I'll meet you yeah. down at SeaTac here in a couple hours. Get out of this Perfect. place. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I, I when people, and I don't look at an inheritance as a windfall necessarily, but when you come into unexpected money, I always say pay things off, invest for the long haul, and do something for yourselves because I think you should. Okay, perfect. Don't tell my husband you said we should go on a trip. Oh, gosh, don't give my number, okay? Uh, that's just in case he's <laughs> looking for me or something. I appreciate it. Thanks, <laughs> no, Sarah. Appreciate okay. the call. You bet. Appreciate And uh, take care of the dog. Maybe get the dog a treat, a new bone or something. Might calm him down a little bit or her down. Uh, let's go back to the phones at uh, 855-935-8255. And we're joined by Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm having a great time. How about yourself? Oh, I love hearing that. Me too. And uh, I'm calling because, man, frankly, I'm a little bit nervous about a situation and I'm looking for some guidance to help calm me down. Go, man. What do you got? Well, you know, I've, I've been, I came across you guys a couple of years ago. I studied Paul, Larry. I, I'm not too worried about myself at this point. Um, in fact, when I started studying this stuff, I, I couldn't shut up about it. Got one of my friends to start doing it, you know, investing passively. And, you know, he's, he's good to go as far as I know. And here's my situation. Another friend of mine, he also caught the drift. And he's like, well, can we sit down and can you tell me what this is all about? And I'm like, sure. And I know he's interested in Forex. I'm not sure if his credit situation is that good. I'm nervous. How do I sit down with him? What's the energy I should take into that meeting, you know, and how do I start talking about this subject, which is so simple, but I don't want to start babbling. Wow, that is one great guy. I, I feel the same way, by the way, when I meet anyone for the first time, because you never know what people know they don't know or what biases they have or what they believe or who they listen to. And the fact that you've listened to Paul Merriman, I imagine Larry's Larry Swedro, Tom and Don, you kind yeah, of sure. understand this rules-based, disciplined approach to investing, which I prefer to see it called rather than passive, because passive feels like rules we're not doing anything. Yeah. And we're we are doing stuff, but we're not trading stocks every day. I mean, I guess for me, Anytime I meet with somebody, I'm going to first say, where are you today? What are you doing today for your future? Um, and are you thinking about your, how much are you saving? Because at the end of the day, if you're not saving anything, there's no point to investing. And investing, for the most part, for most of us, is about the long haul, about retirement, about having the money you're going to need when you quit working. So that would be the second part. Sort mm. of, you know, what are you doing today? What are you saving for the future? And then... Show me what you're, how you're investing, why you're investing. And here's the thing. Here's the good news for you. You don't have to defend, uh, uh, what you say. You can put it all, push it off on Paul, Larry and Tom and Don say, this is what these guys believe. You know, I kind of right. listen to them. I think it makes sense, but you make your own judgments. Um, and by the way, we'll be glad to send your friend a copy of Don's book. I think Paul's book, which is pretty easy to read is available free on the internet. So it gives you kind of a, a broad brush look, if you will, at kind of the rules we believe investors should follow, follow around diversification, around low cost, around not timing things, not getting sold products, those kind of things. I mean, that's kind of where I would start from. Looking at where you are today, what are you doing about the future and how is your portfolio invested? And do that in a gentle 
fashion so that uh, you you maintain your friendship. <laughs> You're not too heavy-handed with right. anybody. <laughs> I mean, that's the tough part, right? Hey, I'm doing this right, and you're not. Eh, I don't really look at it that way, and I don't want to talk to people one-on-one either. But you're doing a great service there, Brian. That's very kind of you to do that. I want to thank you for calling. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with just a little bit more of Talking Real Money in just a couple of moments. Stay with us. and real future tom and don are talking real money hey what a great show today we talked to dave about how to save john a little bit about real estate pat about the difference between the bid and the ask on exchange traded funds larry about 12 b1s chris on roth conversions kim about her future sarah about coming into inheritance brian trying to help a friend these all have a theme to them by the way generally when we talk to people we see most people do not have a plan they don't really know what their asset allocation is they don't know how much they're paying others you got to know all those things and you got to know them all the time even if you're 30 or 60 or 90 so you can get that simply by talking with one of our advisors it's free it's no obligation go to talkingrealmoney.com talkingrealmoney.com click on meet an advisor we hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap. The preceding program was paid for by Appella Wealth and does not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of news radio management or staff. Do me a favor. Grab your latest investment statements if you know where they are. How many do you have? A lot? How many different investments are in each statement? A bunch? Do you own individual stocks, bonds, sector funds, and stuff you don't understand? Yeah, I thought so. I'm Don McDonald, and I'm pretty sure you have a case of hodgepodgeitis. But don't worry, it's not terminal and can be cured. But it takes three things. A bit of time, some fiduciary guidance, and a plan. There's a problem, though. Most financial advisors can't or won't provide any of those. That's where we come in. Tom and I will provide you the help you need to overcome hodgepodgeitis in a free, no-obligation meeting with an appellate advisor at TalkingRealMoney.com. So, scan or take a picture of all those pages you gather, then go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on Need an Advisor, and set up a free appointment online or by phone when it's convenient for you. Let us sort through the mess and help you get started on a better, simpler future plan. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com or call 800-386-3004. Tom Turner here for Matthewson's Automotive and Tire and Rental. Are we done now?